Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebaker. In this episode, I speak with Gina about her now 12-year-old daughter, Larkin, who has Down syndrome and spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA. Gina says Larkin is the only person known to have both Down syndrome and SMA. I know you're going to enjoy learning of the positive impact Larkin has made on Gina and her family. So Gina, thank you so much for taking the time to do an Orange Sox interview with me today about your daughter Larkin, who has Down syndrome as well as spinal muscular atrophy or SMA. Gina, tell me, when did you find out that your daughter had these issues? We did not find out that Larkin had Down syndrome until she was delivered. I had her via C-section and my doctor delivered her and showed her to me over the little drape and I knew immediately she had Down syndrome and he looked at me and I looked at him and you know, he had been my OB for 18 years and it was just kind of this silent conversation between us. We didn't have to say a word. We both knew what it was. And Larkin's dad had no idea. So he was just happy and all that, but she was in respiratory distress. So, you know, I got to give her a kiss, hold her briefly, and then they took her to the NICU. So that was the first diagnosis. We found out, you know, obviously right away. Now the SMA, she has SMA type one, which is the most severe type of SMA. And we didn't find that out until she was two and a half months old. So that was a stressful ordeal. We were in the NICU for a long time. Actually, we were in there twice. She was not able to breastfeed. She wasn't able to suck on a bottle. So she had an NG tube, which is the feeding tube down her nose. And of course, when you're in a place for so long, you become friends with people. And I became friends with nurses. And they were like, Gina, why didn't you do a feeding tube, you know, the gastrostomy, and that way you can get her home. And she just has Down syndrome, she's low tone, she'll get stronger. And so that was what we were focused on. She was just weak and she was going to get stronger. And, you know, I believed what I was hearing because I had four other kids that were perfectly healthy. And, you know, I was naive, I guess. I didn't know anything in the medical field. So... We went ahead and had the feeding tube surgery and took her home. She came home on a nasal cannula with oxygen and an O2 monitor. And that was it. And she was home for 11 days. And I tell everyone it was the most stressful 11 days of my life because I knew she was aspirating. They wanted me to try and bottle feed her you know, to try and work on that. But I could tell like she was aspirating and it was crazy. But I was also feeding her via the feeding tube through her stomach. And as the days progressed, I'm an avid picture taker. And so I was taking pictures and now looking back, I can see the slow progression of her just getting more sick and just, it makes me sad. Her eyes started getting glassy and Anyway, before we had left the hospital, they said, this is the temporary GT, you know, the feeding tube in her stomach. And if for some reason it comes out, the hole will close up. You have like 20 minutes. And so they gave us a 
nothing to put in there, but, you know, we needed to take her to the hospital if that ever occurred. I called Larkin's dad at work, and I said, you know, I think her feeding tube is loose. We should probably take her to the hospital. So when he got home, we took her to the hospital, and, you know, over the 11 days, her O2 monitor had alarmed a couple times, but she went back up. And again, I'm a novice. You know, I just thought, okay, that's normal. So anyway, we take her to the hospital and she was dusky in color. And they were like, how long has she been like this? And, you know, she had beeped in the car, alarmed in the car. But, you know, she had come up again. Well, they pretty much just took her right back to the NICU. And we were very fortunate because usually when babies leave the NICU, they're not allowed back in. They usually go to PICU, which is the pediatric intensive care unit. And so they accepted her back into the NICU into an isolation room. And within a few days, she coded and had to be intubated. And at that point, they consulted a neurologist. When the neurologist came in, it was literally heartbreaking because he said, I suspect that it's spinal muscular atrophy. And in my head, I had heard muscular dystrophy. I had heard of that disease. I had never heard of spinal muscular atrophy. And I said, well, what is that? And he point blank said, don't worry about it until the DNA test comes back. And he wouldn't tell me what it was. So I immediately went home and Googled what SMA was. And at that point, I just broke down. What I read was the number one genetic killer of children two and under, and they lose the muscles to breathe and swallow. And that's all I remember. So I had to wait 14 days for the DNA test to come back. And when it came back, it was positive. So, you know, in those two weeks, I knew what I was going to do if it did come back. I knew my options to have her trach and put on a ventilator or not. I mean, basically extubate her and just let nature take its course. And that's exactly how the doctors explained it to me. And I couldn't even imagine doing that. I just couldn't. So at two and a half months old, she had the trach surgery and She's been on an event ever since, and I'm not going to tell you it's been easy. It's been a roller coaster, but it's been well worth it. Well worth it. She is such a blessing. So she's 12 years old now. Almost 12. Almost mm -hmm. 12. January 11th. <laughs> Over these 12 years, what's been the hardest part for you? Okay, I will tell you. You know, I get emotional over it because, like, lots of things have happened in the almost 12 years. It's very hard on your marriage. It's very hard on your family. I have four other children. When Larkin was born, I had a four-year-old. My older three kids were high school, and so, I mean, they were pretty self-sufficient, but our son, Colton, he was four, and he has had to learn how to do a lot of things on his own and, you know, be put on the back burner and He's amazing. Like I said that God knew that I should have him because he knew that Larkin would be ours one day. And Colton's the happiest kid I've ever met and so loving. And so I'm very thankful for him. I'm thankful for all my kids. So, I mean, it's very hard taking care of a special needs child, but it's even harder when they're hooked up to so many machines that you really can't leave. Like, 
she lives in her room. We don't leave. So I stay in her room all the time if I don't have nurses. So I will say that that's been difficult. As far as her care, because I'm used to her, she's a piece of cake. Like, it's so easy to take care of her. She's happy. She loves to read. She loves music. She laughs. She can't communicate verbally, but she has some facial movement. She's probably been about four years old. She lost her smile, the muscles to smile. But you can tell when she's happy. You can just see her eyes light up. She's just like my best friend. I hold her hand all night long. When I come home from work, I do everything I need to do before the nurse leaves, and then it's my turn to be with her. And I literally pretty much hold her hand all night long, and we watch TV, and, you know, we just do whatever. You know, we paint fingernails, and we just make the best of it. So tell me about the joys. You've mentioned a few of them, but what have been the joys in having her in your life? Oh, my gosh. Like I said, she's such a happy girl and I say she never complains but not that she couldn't verbally complain but you know when a kid is happy and you know when they're sad and when they're hurting and she rarely ever cries the only time she ever cries is if we call it getting too junky like if there's mucus in her lungs that needs to come out or we have to do her trach so it pulls the mucus from her lungs and we suction her nose and her mouth. So there's three things that need to be suctioned. She can basically tell us just by crying or grimace on her face that before her machine even alarms that there's something wrong. But anyway, the joys with her is just being able to be with her. I love introducing her to new things and seeing through her eyes how she responds. Today at my work, Santa came in and I videotaped a message from Santa to Larkin. And I was so excited to show her and she was happy and it's just so magical for her. But just being able to be with her, I mean, those are my joys and she loves everyone. And we have so many more friends just because of Larkin. So tell me, you mentioned this with her brother that's just uh, immediately older than her, but what impact has her life had on your immediate family with maybe your other children? You know, honestly, I think with my kids, they are very compassionate towards others, especially disabled people, children. Their hearts are just so full of love for them, and they're the first ones to stick up for someone who is not typical, I guess. So, I mean, she's been a blessing. To us, she's normal. I mean, this is what we've lived forever. We don't look at her and see machines. We look at her and see her. What has been her impact on your extended family? We don't really have a huge extended family. She does share a birthday with my dad, and they really have a tight bond. It's amazing to see. Like, there can be times where she doesn't make her noises. I can say it's talking, but she won't say a peep to me. And he'll walk in the door and she's like, ah, ah. She has words to tell him and he'll just kiss her forehead and she'll beg for more kisses. And they just have a really unique bond. So that's kind of neat to watch. 
But again, I mean, I just think that our extended family, just more compassion towards others and knowing what's important, not the material thing, just being together. I think that's how she's impacted our lives. Super. So if I were to come to you, just having received a diagnosis or confirmation that I had a young child with Down syndrome and SMA at the same time, what advice uh-huh. would you give me? Well, first of all, I would say you're unicorn number two, because as far as we know, Larkin is the only person in the world with Down syndrome and SMA type one. So she's a unicorn, that's what we call her. I would just try to be as much help as I could. I would answer questions. I would not, I would not give false hope, but I would give hope. I think it's what you put in to the care of your child because it is a lot of care. We don't let anyone come into our home who is sick or who has been sick. You know, recently we say we're germaphobes. We wash our hands all the time. We just make sure that her environment is 100%, 100% of the time. So I would just give them pointers and just say that they can do it because you can do it. You can make it work and it's so worth it. Super. So, any closing remarks, anything that you'd like to say that we haven't covered already? Let me just say this. After Larkin was born and I was still in the hospital, I hadn't been released yet. This always makes me emotional. But my doctor called me from his home and he just said, you know, at the time we just knew that she just had the Down syndrome. And he said, God knew that she needed you and you needed her and I truly believe that I truly do believe that because she's made me so much stronger more independent more outgoing more bold I stand up for myself I stand up for her I have to advocate for her there are so many times that I have had to save her life literally save her life even though I have nurses here I'm the one that takes over. I'm the one that's on call 24-7. I run in in the middle of the night and I save her life and I kind of feel like she saves mine because she's amazing. Thanks for listening to this episode. Orange Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.